congratulations, you. You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Yes, you are. A new study from the University of Otago has found that young people experiencing homelessness need more income support. In the study, researchers analysed the impact of nearly 70 different young people experiencing homelessness who received housing support from People's Project, a Kirikiriroa-based social services provider which operates under the government's Housing First program. Key findings from the study include a drop in hospitalisation rates for those experiencing homelessness after they were housed, and that although incomes... Although the incomes of those who received housing improved greatly, those incomes were still below the poverty line. I spoke with the study's lead researcher, uh, Dr. Brody Fraser. <clears throat> I spoke with the, the study's lead researcher, Dr. Brody Fraser, to find out a bit more about what causes youth homelessness in Aotearoa, who is more at risk for youth homelessness, and what can be done to reduce the rates of youth homelessness. In the study that you've, um, you've, you've done a lot of lead research on, you've used the terminology people experiencing homelessness rather than homeless people. Is this distinction important? Yeah, it is. It's a really conscious decision that I make in the work that I do and when I'm writing about these issues and talking about them and just making sure that we're putting the person first in everything that we do. And I think especially because homelessness is so incredibly stigmatised still, um, because homelessness is so incredibly stigmatized, I think it's really important that we do everything we can to destigmatize it. And part of that is making sure that we're careful with the language that we're using in putting the person first rather than labeling them as someone who is homeless, as someone who has experienced homelessness. And it probably might also have something to do with like the amount of agency they have as well. Totally, totally. I think that's really important to make sure that people you know, feel like they have a bit of agency in how they describe themselves and how they identify and kind of relating to their experiences rather than putting, giving them this sort of label that puts their experiences um, on them as a personal failure rather than what it is, which is a systematic failure. Now, how long has the study been in the works for? Yeah, so it's part of a broader um, program of research that we're, we've done from an MBAE Endeavour um, program, which is a very specific funding mechanism. Um, and that started in 2016. It uh, Funding formally wrapped up last year, but we're still going with the analysis of it. So um, in the early days, we, um, the wider team formed a relationship with the People's Project, and we've been working with them ever since. And part of that was to work with them and their clients to get permission and ethics approval and all those things to use their data and work with their data, which we were really grateful that people consented to take part and for us to look at their data. And this particular paper has probably been, I think we started working on it late last year. So these things take a while. (laughs) Now, this study looked at youth experiencing homelessness after they received housing from the government's Housing First uh, provider, a program which reduced hospitalizations for the people uh, it provided housing for. Now, would you rate this program as being effective in reducing homelessness? Yeah, totally. So um, Housing First comes from uh, an international uh, context. So I think it started in the US and Canada um, and it's predicated on the right to housing, which um, is the right that that we all have. And basically it starts with putting people in housing first and then getting them support for everything 
um, else that they might need. So that kind of differs to more traditional methods of addressing homelessness where a person might have to meet certain requirements such as sobriety before they get given a house. Um, and this way is kind of more upholding their rights and um, a minor enhancing form of um, helping people experiencing homelessness and getting them into housing. And it's yeah, the international evidence all says that it's a really effective way at supporting people who've experienced homelessness. And if you're kind of, I prefer not to use these arguments, but if you have to, one of the arguments for it is that it's a very cost-effective form of addressing homelessness in that the cost of housing is much lower than all the other associated costs, such as healthcare and emergency departments and prisons and the wider justice system and all that kind of thing. So it might be characterised as kind of like an ambulance at the bottom of the hill kind of thing. It's not an upstream thing of reducing homelessness. You know, we still need to do a lot of work in that space, but it's a very effective way of ending homelessness, basically. Right, like getting people back on their feet. Yeah, yeah, totally. In the, in the release for this uh, study, you said that poverty is one of the uh, crucial factors that leads to youth homelessness. What are some of the other factors that you've identified that you've identified which contribute greatly to this socioeconomic issue? Yeah, there's so many different factors that contribute to homelessness, and a lot of it is just dependent on a person's life history, but a lot of it particularly is structural issues such as institutional racism, failures in um, care systems. Uh, we've seen a lot in the news at the moment of issues with Oranga Tamariki and that system not working for young people. Um, also the welfare system, we know that that's not fit for purpose and it's not supporting people in the way that it was designed to. The wider housing crisis, the lack of affordability, the lack of rights for renters, um, limited housing supply, these are all factors that are contributing to homelessness, particularly for young people. What could the government be doing to reduce the rates of youth, uh, youth homelessness, um, especially for female identifying Maori parents, as they, as they constituted a, a decent amount of the people uh, housed by the People's Project? Yeah, there's a lot of different things we can do. And something that I'm always going back to is the need to restructure our welfare system and to transform that. And we have the Welfare Expert Advisory Group's report, and that's such a fantastic resource. And there was so much work went into that. And I think it's such a shame that we're that we haven't fully implemented any of those major recommendations. And a lot of that in particular was focused on young people. It was focused on mothers and it was also focused on Māori because we know that these are groups that are disproportionately affected by poverty and are needing support from the welfare system. So I think that's a pretty key one. Um, other things we can do, I think, is taking more of a rights-based approach to housing, um, you know, the uh, UN special reporter on the right to housing had some pretty damning things to say in a report a year or two ago about New Zealand and the right to housing isn't really recognised in any of our policy. I think that's a major thing. Um, but other things like funding, more funding for Māori organisations and whanau order providers, um, you know, do a lot for um, preventing homelessness amongst Māori communities and making sure that there's that cultural support there and people have that cultural connection that they need to thrive. And also just the wider housing crisis, you know, the more we address that, I think the more that that's going to help this group of people in particular. It's lastly, just to wrap up, are there any kind of welfare systems we could look at overseas that have worked tremendously 
well for reducing homelessness that we could perhaps implement or learn from uh, here domestically yeah. in Aotearoa, New Zealand? Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, there are definitely international examples we can look to. You know, um, in Finland, for example, they've adopted Housing First quite widely and uh, on their way to ending homelessness. And we know, too, that um, different types of welfare states work to different effectiveness, particularly for women and um, single parents as well. So more kind of liberal welfare states that provide more support are better for single parents. But I think in terms of doing that, it's really good that we um, look to those other countries and kind of pick up on what they're doing, but also remembering that our context is unique and we do have a lot of existing knowledge in Aotearoa of what needs to be done. And a lot of that is coming from Māori communities as well. So I think it's a matter of kind of doing both of those things at once to make sure that we can kind of create the best welfare system and wider support system possible. Thank you for listening to our Radio 191 FM podcast. There's heaps more at r1.co.nz.